Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. On the college basketball regular season. Hogard around a screen. Hogard. Hauser. Open. Got it. Another Michigan State three. I'm sure Michigan State fans would like to forget that game, Shane. So, way to bring that back into their head. It's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. Happy to have you with us as we wind down the show. We do so by going around the Big Ten. We like to do a Big Ten whip, and today's guest is Kyle Austin, Michigan State basketball reporter for M Live at Kyle B. Austin on Twitter. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, good morning. Hey, let's start here because uh, Shane brought us in with a Iowa-Michigan State basketball clip after blowing the 10-point lead with 40 seconds to play. Michigan State finds themselves at PBA now, an environment that hasn't been easy to play in during the month of February. How quickly have you seen the Spartans put that loss behind them, or do you think it will be haunting them early in this matchup? You know, that's that's probably my biggest question coming into this because, um, you know, this is a team that's, that's had some ups and downs throughout the year, but they're pretty veteran, they're pretty experienced, so I haven't really seen them ride the emotional roller coaster. But at the same time, I, I've never seen anything like what happened on Saturday uh, at Carver-Hawkeye Arena, you know, giving up an 11-point lead uh, with less than a minute to go and – being in that locker room afterwards, uh, those guys were crushed. You know, they, it felt like an NCAA tournament loss or something like that. Just knowing how close they were to such a big win and how quickly it slipped away, it was kind of a sense of disbelief. So, um, if there's ever a game that could that could lead to kind of a hangover afterwards, it, it was that game. So, yeah, I, I do think there's a significant danger of that. I know Tommy has always talked about, you know, working him through that and helping him avoid that. We haven't had a chance to see him or talk to him since then, so I, I can't really say where they stand right now. But um, I, I do think that's a pretty significant concern for Michigan State. It's interesting as I kind of watch this team go. I remember early in the season and in the preseason, you know, Tyson Walker was a guy that, that Tom Izzo had to implore to shoot the basketball more, kind of empower, hey, listen, this is what we need you to do. And, I'm not sure whether he's Charlie Bell or Keith Appling or a combination of both or whatever Tyson Walker is in his evolution. But do you remember a time in which you've seen a guard emerge the way that Walker has from the his original starting point within an offense? Not really, no. But I think a lot of that has to do with um, both how comfortable he's gotten and, and how his role's changed. Uh, when he first got here, they were asking him to be a point guard. And, you know, he was really focused on the, the pass first, run the offense, don't focus on my scoring. And he was also an up transfer. And he was a guy that, 
had done very well at Northeastern, but was moving up from, you know, the, the Colonial to the Big Ten, which is a huge jump, and, and he's pretty undersized, you know, only at 6'2". So he had, he had a lot of things that I think he was trying to figure out. So that's why he was he was pretty slow last year to get started. I think people could see it in him, but it was just a, a, a matter of him getting comfortable um, and learning kind of how to play in the Big Ten and pick his spots. And then, you know, coming into this year, uh, A.J. Hogarth's really emerged. He's yeah. been the lead point guard, and that's allowed them to move Tyson Walker off the ball. And now he can focus totally on his scoring. He's pretty much just a shooting guard at this point. Um, and they've asked him to, to take on that scoring role and be the guy. And he, he dropped 31 at Iowa. He dropped 30 earlier this year against Purdue. Um, he really um, has a chance to – he has the ability, I should say, to, to heat up better than any player I've seen in a while. And, and when he starts seeing his shots fall, he can really change the game. Kyle, we're two weeks removed from the tragic shooting that took place on Michigan State's campus. There's no owner's man- excuse me, manual on how to respond to a tragedy like that one. Uh, in response to the immediate events, though, MSU canceled their game against Minnesota, and now we're hearing it won't be made up. And, you know, I don't know enough about Big Ten rescheduling this late in the season, and I'm sure you've probably read at least deeply into it now because this situation happened, but it was definitely the right move to postpone. But what do you make of the recent announcement to not make it up? It feels a little unjust and leaves a bad taste in the mouth, does it not? Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate because you're right. It it had to be postponed, but um, it, it feels now like Michigan State is getting punished in a way because that was their only game against Minnesota. Um, you know, that's certainly the closest thing to the easiest win on the schedule, um, so to speak, a game against Minnesota at home. So they're losing that. They're, they have one fewer game than everybody else. And you look at the Big Ten standings, I mean, that half game there, that one game in the win column um, could be the difference between several seats for them and a pretty significant change in the draw in the Big Ten tournament. So um, Michigan State really wanted it. Um, it was going to be complicated. Several games were going to have to move around. I know Tommy is always frustrated that the Big Ten didn't kind of take charge and make it happen, but it's unfortunate that it kind of feels at this point like Michigan State uh, got the short end of it. Kyle, help me here. I don't know if it's because I think Izzo is, is just known to make these late February, early March runs, and that's what I'm expecting but it seems like Michigan State still has more in the tank. I always look at this time of year in terms of teams that have room to grow as they get ready to hit postseason play. doesn't seem like Michigan State has hit on all cylinders yet. Fact, fiction, scary, if so. I would agree with that. Um, you know, they were they struggled with health for a lot of the season. Um, Jaden Akins, who's their, um, one of their starters right now, missed the whole preseason and several games in the fall. So he kind of took a while to get going. Uh, and then Malik Hall, who's their sixth man, but really starting caliber forward. Um, he was, he was out uh, at a couple different points, including in January, right after they played Nebraska there. So um, this is really the first time they've been healthy for several weeks. And, you know, they could have pulled out Saturday. They would have won four out of five. And I think been one of the hottest teams along with Nebraska um, in the big 10. Um, but they're really close. And this is what Tom Izzo keeps saying. He, he was up there yesterday talking to us and said, we're really this close, you know, um, their offense has gotten better. Um, and, you know, they're in all these games. They really only got blown out by Purdue on the road. They're in these games and they're, they're like a lot of teams in the big 10. I think they're trying to figure out how to, how to kind of put it all together and how to close. But I would agree just based on their personnel 
and the fact that they're fully healthy and, and winning more games than they were a month ago, um, I, I think the team does have the potential to go on a run here late. Kyle, I don't know how much you pay attention to bracketology, but Michigan State in the east portion of the bracket right now is a seven currently. Um, but they're with Purdue and K-State as the one and two, opposed to being with Bama and Texas and Houston and Baylor and uh, Kansas and UCLA. And, uh, of course, all of that is subject to change, but – as of right now, if things ended up like this and Michigan State found themselves in the East, do you prefer that draw as a Michigan State fan opposed to the other three? Yeah, I mean, I just look at if you know if you are a seven, who's the two that you're going to potentially play? And um, listen, if you're a two seed, you're you're a good team and you're going to be a tough matchup. But you know, maybe K State's a little bit easier than some of them. You know, not a program with not a lot of tournament experience, uh, kind of a little bit of a newcomer on the block. I think you might prefer that to kind of one of the old guard experience teams. So I, I think they'd be okay if that was the draw, but um, I'm sure a lot will change. And Michigan State will, will hope to, to move up to a, from a seven, but yeah, I'd, I'd agree that's probably about where they're at right now. Kyle, as you're kind of looking at the emotional pendulum, you said you're not, we're kind of unsure how. Um, it will uh, affect Michigan State with what happened to Iowa City. But based on this team's temperament and kind of that rubber band mentality to snap back, they're going to walk into a pretty hostile environment on senior night. Is is your team's mental makeup to embrace that? I think so, yeah. Um, they've got, you know, a lot of guys that have – that have done a lot of this before. You know, Joey Hauser's now, he's a senior. He's played in a lot of games. Malik Hall, um, he's done this a lot. Um, and, and Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogarth. So they've got guys that I think kind of have that mentality. Um, haven't been a great team on the road, which I'm not sure any team really in the Big Ten has, but one at Wisconsin, um, one at Ohio State, uh, played real close at Illinois um, and some other places. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to embrace this. I mean, they, they certainly – are respecting Nebraska and what they've done. They're, n- they're not taking it lightly. They know it's senior day. They know that they've won four in a row at Pinnacle Bank there. So um, I don't think they're taking it lightly. Um, and I certainly, you know, the flip side of that is they could certainly come out and feel like um, be motivated by, by what happened against Iowa. And that wouldn't surprise me either. So, so it'll be interesting. Quickly here, any last uh, lasting pressure on Michigan State coming into this game, knowing that they're facing a Nebraska team that has kind of put it all together as of late and looks a lot different than the previous matchup? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I think Tom Izzo said it's basically a whole different scout than before because, you know, they, they've lost two starters to injury, um, obviously, but they've come back and, um, and they look even better. And I, I think that offense, um, the, the way that they've been scoring the ball the month of February, really caught their eye. And Michigan State's been um, – the defense has kind of been shaky a little bit. So I, um, I, I certainly think that they, Nebraska has their full attention uh, going to this one. Hmm. Kyle Austin, appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. Hopefully we talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. That's the Michigan Thanks, State guys. basketball reporter for M Live, Kyle Austin, joining the show to wrap things up here. And a big game again tonight for Nebraska. 8 o'clock is the tip-off senior night for Sam Griesel, Derek Walker, and Casey Tominaga will also walk. But as Hoiberg said in his press conference yesterday, there's a lot of different scenarios that could play out for Kise is it going back to Japan playing professionally they just don't know yet but right now uh, what they do know is he will be walking tonight yeah and I get it right he's exhausted his academic eligibility his parents are here and 
Nebraska's going to have to pony up. I mean, that's the reality of it. Casey is going to have to decide, hey, do I love the college experience, what's come with um, this success, and, and can I have a sustainable income with NIL and international revenue, right? A lot of lawyers work through that. They'll figure that out. But you can make a lot of money playing back home, too. His stock has gone through the <laughs> roof. Let's just say, I don't think Nebraska if will shoot KT. two for 16 this time around. No, need it, though. Just to have to entertain the conversation, get this one tonight. <laughs> if you missed anything on the show, check out the podcast, Apple, Spotify. That's Hail Varsity Radio. We'll see you tomorrow on Coffee and Cream.